if 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 you if we feel that it would cause any embarrassment for anyone, we're not going to name names. So those of you listening to the podcast can rest assured that there's there's no interest on our part to embarrass anyone. So if your name is dropped and it does and, and it is embarrassing, uh, you know. So what? <laughs> I can I can only think of one reason why it might be embarrassing, and that is for anyone that you know now to know that you were in any way associated yeah. with one of them. That's exactly what I was going to say. That's what I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> Just by association. Welcome to the Petzinger Brothers Podcast. Kick back and enjoy the musings of James, John, David, Joseph, and Ben, five brothers raised decades ago on a dysfunctional farm in western Idaho. Welcome to the Petzinger Brothers Podcast. Today is February 15th. I am James. I'm John. I'm David. I'm Joseph. This is Ben. And let me clarify that. It's February 15th of 2010. This is the first time in the new year that in this new year that we have uh, all gotten together to do a podcast. So, welcome back everyone. I know it's been a while. And uh, schedules being what they are, it's not necessarily the easiest of things to to get everybody together. But I do appreciate you being here and and your willingness to participate. Yesterday was a special day, February 14th, Valentine's Day. And in honor of that, we've looked at a topic that I think we've been reluctant to address in the past. But uh, why not? We'll talk about girls tonight. So girls it is. If anybody has uh, a particular story that they would like to bring up right out of the chute, go right ahead. If not, I'm going to talk about the lane, the the dirt lane. The dirt I thought lane. you said I thought you said you were going to talk about Elaine. No, not Elaine. The dirt lane, and the reason I'm uh, the reason I'm bringing it up is because <clears throat> one of my early childhood memories was, and you, you have to okay before I get into that. You have to understand the geography of the farm. Um, really, it's it's difficult to describe, other than to say that there was Lonky Road that that was the main road that led to uh, where you could get to our home. But off of Lonky Road, there was a dirt lane that led to where our house was, and that dirt lane was what six hundred meters, I think is is the was the length of the the lane. That sounds right. Yeah, about 600 meters. And that's it. There's a 600-meter lane with a small strip of land next to it that was pretty much useful useful for nothing. And then you cross the canal into uh, what was our property. Anybody who wants to get a look at what that description is actually describing, go ahead and take a look at the podcast website, which is www.petzingerbrothers.com. And look at episode three. Episode three includes a small map of what the uh, property actually looked like. But I talk about the lane because 
because of the distance from the road that the house actually was, that 600-yard, 600-meter distance, it was like the perfect spot for people to come park their cars in the lane. And, you know, when I was a young kid, I had no idea what that was all about. I just knew that when someone would pull into the lane and the lights would go off, (laughs) dad would get a flashlight. (laughs) And I can just now I can imagine what he was doing. I mean, he's probably just marching out there, you know, and and embarrassing the heck out of people as they were, you know, parked in our lane. Um, but I had no idea then what that was all about. Um, and this I'm not is new sh- to me. Is this new to you? Yeah, yeah, completely. <clears throat> I've never, I, I had no idea you used to do that. Yeah, well, it stopped happening. There was a time that I mean, it was almost a nightly occurrence. Uh, where, you know, people would come and they'd use the lane to park and make out and do whatever it was they were doing in the car there. And dad would grab a flashlight and he'd march out there. (laughs) He'd come back and, and, uh, you know, back then I was young enough that I didn't know really what that was, you know, what was going on and why he had to go out there with a flashlight. But, oh, there they are again. (laughs) I'll be back. (laughs) Really? I had no idea. Yeah, yeah, it used to happen all the time. That's funny. Yeah. Um, but uh, to, What an odd place to go. You'd think the bumpiness and the jostling of the road would discourage anybody from driving on that thing. Well, they wouldn't come too far up into the lane. It was just a, It was just they would pull off of the road, and there was a place for them to park their car. It, it looked like an abandoned road because you couldn't tell from the street – that there was a house 600 yards and across the ditch bank on the other side. You couldn't tell. Yeah. And uh, you'd pull into this lane, you'd think, oh, great, an abandoned lane. And, you know, five minutes later, there's some guy rapping on your window with a flashlight telling you to get out of here. That's remarkable. I, I think it's remarkable that we actually had a flashlight that worked. That's the part <laughs> that I'm trying to get over. <laughs> And that it was readily available. Yeah, I mean, it, it was right there with batteries, no less. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. So, and I bring up the lane because I, something in the back of my memory scratched, some, something itches in the back of my memory that there's a lane story for one of us, at least. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, uh, well, I know I have one. Um, and that's... That was, uh, I got off on this one. You know, it may have been included in one of those other podcasts on things we got away with because I got away with this and I know I did. Um, cause I used the lane for the same reason <laughs> later <laughs> when I was older <laughs> and, uh, I won't name names on this one. Um, because, uh, both the front seats were fully reclined at the time. And oh, Wait, uh, wait, okay. Before you get any deeper into this, you, <laughs> you bring up a very, very important point here, and that yeah. is the naming of names. Yeah. Um, if, 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 you, if we feel that it would cause any embarrassment for anyone, we're not going to name names. So those of you listening to the podcast can rest assured that there's, there's no interest on our part to embarrass anyone. So if your name is dropped and it, do, and, and it is embarrassing, uh, you know, so what? <laughs> I can I can only think of one reason why it might be embarrassing, and that is 
for anyone that you know now to know that you were in any way associated yeah. with one of those. That's exactly what I was going to say. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just by association. I know. It. It's yeah. like, oh my gosh, you did what with who? <laughs> anyway. <clears throat> All right, John. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but. I do expect that that uh, if it's a pleasant memory that you want to share with others, who was who was a part of that pleasant memory for us? Anyway, go ahead, John. Uh, okay. Well, you know, it was that too, for for sure. But I, I still won't drop the name. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, so we were we were using the end of the lane for what others had used it for, and uh, end of our date, and and. and like I said, both seats were fully reclined, so it's not like we were chit-chatting or anything. You know, we we weren't having conversation by then, at all. And uh, all of a sudden, the entire interior of the car just filled with light, like a UFO landed or something. <laughs> John, is this metaphorically speaking? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, <laughs> that's funny. Um, so I I pop my head up and look through the back window and there are, there are the headlights of the beast right there on the bumper of our car and our of course <laughs> the car that we were in was right there at the end of the lane so our car was blocking the lane there's the beast driving into the lane parked right there bumper to bumper headlights it was a it was a sedan so the headlights were up shining straight into the window and my head went up and then her head went up (laughs) and I, you know, you know how it is when you have a light shining in on a vehicle, you see everything in the vehicle. There's no mistaking who is in the vehicle. And, uh, (laughs) so anyway, we popped the seats back up and we, I, I was, by then I was, I felt bad about this, but I was yelling at her to get, let's go, you know, let's move. And, all right, so before you go on any further, it occurs to me that there may have been people who have not listened to previous podcasts and do not know what you meant by the beast. Uh, so the the beast was? It was our old uh, family Suburban. What was it, yeah. 1962 or so? Yeah, big Chevy Suburban. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, if you want to learn more about that, go to episode two, Car Memories of podcast on www.petzingerbrothers.com. Okay, enough hawking the podcast. All right, go, go, go. go. So we, we, you know, we tore down the driveway and uh, probably ripped out our oil pan. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I <laughs> just tore out. I just tore out of the door and I slapped my hand on the hood and I said, get out of here, you know. And, and she peeled off. She took off. And I ran into the house and I just stripped down and got into my pajamas and just jumped into bed. And they, you know, they, they pulled up and they came in the house and. Okay. So they is mom and dad, mom and dad. Okay. So uh, they, they were, were out the- on a date that I didn't know they were out on a date or they were out someplace and it was late at night. I had no idea they were out. <laughs> so coincidence, you know, they, they <gasps> have to come home that late at night. Strangely enough. I mean, I was not expecting that at all. And, uh, and I, dad came up, knocked on my door of my bedroom and. Just said, uh, oh, how, how are you doing, John? Oh, fine. <laughs> and I tried to act groggy. I tried to act like I was asleep, you know. And, and uh, said, uh, that's good. That's good. 
All right, you have a good night then. That was it. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't hear a word about it the next day. I never heard a word about it ever again. And uh, but you know, I I knew they knew, and it was a bad situation. I <clears throat> I don't know how I would have handled it if I had come on my kids doing that. It, it was a bad situation. John, how how old were you? I was ten. No. I was, uh, <laughs> I, I was in high school. I was in high school. I was I was uh, probably fourteen, fifteen. She could drive. I don't know if I could yet. Uh, anyway, it was her car. Yeah. So that begs the question: How in the world was she able to get away? Well, you know, our, on turn- that lane? our turnabout. Yeah. She had to wait for them to pass. I, I left that uh-huh. part. She was up on the hill, the turnabout. They drove past the side of the turnabout, and then she <laughs> tore off past them the other direction. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And then, I, you know, I'm being the coward. I just, I just slapped the car and said, get out of here. You know? Get to go. It was, yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't a, much of a gentleman that night. That's funny that you mentioned the beast, John. Yeah. Because... Uh, it was in the backseat of the beast that I learned everything I needed to know about women. Oh, really? <laughs> I'll let that, let that marinate for a minute. <laughs> because I was uh, in the back of the beast when Dad decided to have the lecture with me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I want to hear this. You know what? This is great. I want to hear what lecture or what talks you guys got because I remember mine quite well. Well, this one has never, it has never quite, uh, it was just awkward. There's no other way to put it because, first of all, I was with my best buddy, and he's he's back there. Dad had picked us up from a party or something. <laughs> we were, for the record, all through junior high and high school, I was more interested in, in sports and hanging out with my buddies and girls. They never were an interest of, of any consequence, but... Nonetheless, Dad took it upon himself to give the lecture with with my buddy there. I'm like, well, this is awkward even more now because <laughs> not only that, he's our we had a class with him in high school too. I'm like, this is like, like double jeopardy. So uh, it was uh, it was accomplished in one or two sentences, and I'm. Fairly certain that uh, I remember word for word what Dad said, <clears throat> and I quote: "All you need to know is, don't touch them between the legs. <laughs> Leave them alone between the legs." And that was it. He kept driving. I, my jaw hit the floor. <laughs> my buddy was red. He was laughing so hard, rolling around in the seat. And I just couldn't believe that 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 was it. And you know what? That's the only talk I ever had. That was it. <laughs> yeah, I got the same talk. We, I got the exact same lecture, Ben. I, but, you know, the problem with me is the only thing that went through my mind was, so it's okay if she touches me <laughs> between the legs. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> right on. Okay, I, I think I understand what you're saying, Dad. Wow, looking for the loophole right off the bat. <clears throat> well, that's interesting because uh, 
his his talk clearly evolved. Oh, uh, evolved over Keep time. I'm the youngest, yeah. so tell me how that evolved. Ben, you're the youngest, and uh, uh, <clears throat> you know my my talk came. Uh, let's see, I think I had just finished unloading all the groceries and stocking them on the uh, the uh, storage shelves in the storage room in the house, and I'm walking out of the storage room, and Dad is standing right there, not not announcing that he's standing there or anything. He's just standing right there. It startled me. And he looked at me and he said, don't just, and he couldn't finish the sentence. He was just like, don't. How old were you? Just, oh man, I would say I was probably 13 or 14. (laughs) Poor guy. And, And then he, he he waved his hand in the air and said, stay away from their legs, and just walked away. <laughs> yeah, that was quite an evolution, James. <laughs> well, I've, uh, clearly, he'd gotten more comfortable with the topic if he could address it with someone else in the car with you. And clearly, he had, he had evolved his his talk to refer. I didn't know what the heck he was talking about for <laughs> the longest time. I'm like, what? what just you know, uh, uh, whose legs? What? <laughs> what? Uh, I don't know it, what just happened, but it, I feel very uncomfortable. Uh, yeah, it, I could tell he was very uncomfortable, but it didn't. It uh, took a while for me to figure out what that was all about, and then. And then I thought, for the longest time, I'm thinking, what the heck's wrong with their legs? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. I've been reading the encyclopedias. It's got nothing to do with the legs. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, anyway. That conversa- that, that uh, terminology rings a bell with me, too. I don't remember where or when it took place, but, yeah, that, that was pretty much the gist of it for me, too. Yeah, he told me girls are poison. <laughs> wow. Okay, that's yep. kind of a departure. Pretty much. <laughs> that was that was it. And and I, I could tell he wanted to say more. And I was just like, Hey Dad, I I really know about this stuff already. So <laughs> you know, it's all right. I, I got it. And and this flood of relief, I could just see it just come over his face. <laughs> He's like, are you sure? I was like, yeah, I'm good, Dad. He's like, okay, and that was it. Never again. <clears throat> you know, I don't, I don't know what it was I did said, or what had happened that prompted that 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 uh, uh, mini lecture, so to speak. Uh, I, I have no idea. I don't know why that particular day, that particular moment in time, he chose to to have that. Uh, talk i did it made no sense there was no context to it at all that almost sounds like he and mom may have had a conversation prior to maybe maybe mom knew something about maybe there's a conversation you had had with mom and that got relayed to dad and so that brought on that <clears throat> conversation oh, it's possible it i don't like. i don't remember discussing uh, anything like that with mom either but then mm-hmm. mom would be the expert on that i'm sure she's got it all stored away in her memory but uh <clears throat> I don't know. I mean it didn't hurt and it didn't it, it didn't help. 
uh, I was still the the socially backward, awkward uh, person that I had been since I could remember. So it, it's not like it made any difference. <laughs> it's just walking around seeing what's wrong with everybody's legs. Well, I mean, I understood everything at that point. It wasn't as if there was any great mystery with respect to the topic. I, I clear. I was very clear on on. Okay, I understand all the mechanics of it all, and I also understand that you know my chances uh, with respect to this are pretty slim, given my lack of coordination and zero ability in sports. Uh, it's not likely that this is ever going to be a problem for me. <laughs> You know, it's just, that's just the, you know, these are the facts of life. Oh, and the fact that I'm so, uh, ill, ill, <laughs> so, so horribly crippled when it comes to speaking to, to girls in any respect. Uh, yeah, you know what? I get it, but it's not really something anybody's worried about with, with respect to me. Uh, well, you laugh, but that was, that was my reality. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the mechanics of it, uh, were, were given to me when I brought the F word home one day. And this was in grade school. I brought the F word home mm-hmm. and I was just using it freely. I didn't know what it meant. Dad was kind of shocked when he heard me using it and he says, you know what this means? This word? I said, I don't know. And so he took me out to the goat corral. And at the time, because <laughs> 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 he was real quiet about it. He didn't yell at me or anything. He was real quiet about it. He says, well, I'm going to come show you. And he took me out to the goat corral and, uh, and we stood there up on the fence and they were busy, you know, they were very busy at that time. So it was good timing, I guess. And, uh, so that's what it means. <laughs> <laughs> that's what, it, that's what it means when people are doing that. Uh, and so that was my, that was my mechanical understanding for a very, <laughs> John, I feel like you should be on a couch she got a couch somewhere with, with somebody in a, in a nice sweater. And, and so how did that make you feel, John? Well, I, I was pretty uh, – well, it was an eye-opener. Like, well, interesting. People do that, huh? <laughs> you know, so it was uh, – yeah, it was uh, – wasn't a bad thing, I guess. <laughs> Well, I really, uh, as the youngest brother, I really did learn quite a bit about girls from you guys. Whether it's walking in on you guys or overhearing conversations, um, I'll say that that whatever compromising situation you guys were in and the, the trauma of either dating or paying for dates or, from my perspective, the just the sheer disadvantage we were at for the vehicles we had to use on these dates. Yeah. Oh. I just, I just kind of realized at an early age, it's just not in the cards to have a serious girlfriend because financially the burden that is, and then the time and the stress. I mean, I remember watching, you know, what you guys went through. Either. Yeah. I watched pretty carefully what you guys went through, prom dates, things like that. I mean, that was a big deal, even though I eventually would go on a, I think I went to one prom, but um, hmm. no, you, you guys went through a lot. Well, <clears throat> yeah, you know, I remember um, first grade that 
the big thing was you would hold somebody's hand during lunch recess and you would make a circuit around the playground or the 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 field you would just you'd start on one one side and you'd walk the entire way around and then you'd come back and that was sort of like the signal that okay these two people are together and i remember this girl she grabbed my hand and we walked around the playground the entire playground and i thought hey that's pretty cool well look i'm one of the people walking around the playground that's kind of cool about halfway i'm thinking you know i'd kind of rather be playing star trek with my friends you know <laughs> doing star trek reenactments this is kind of boring and she's not saying anything we're not talking or anything this is kind of stupid um i'm thinking that that may have been uh, a foundation mistake <laughs> with me the the choice to go reenact Star Trek scenes instead of walking around the playground holding hands. I, I think that was a fundamental mistake in my in my uh, my attitude, my <clears throat> disposition about girls. Because Maybe you should have gone with uh, Battlestar Galactica, James. Oh, it was, Battlestar Galactica hadn't been out yet at that age. Star- First grade. James, I, don't, I don't know if Star Trek is a, it's a bad choice because James Kirk, I mean, he was always, you know. He was always making out with the alien. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, alien women, that's key word. Alien. Oh, maybe that was the problem. <laughs> no, but uh, I, I think I look back on that and I say I had no shyness back then. I didn't have any problem, uh, you know, talking to girls or anything in first grade. But boy, second grade came around, and from second grade until my junior year in high school, I was just. Uh, socially inept when it came to girls. Very, I don't know uh, how or why, but I created, had this this social barrier, this shell around me, and I just could not break that down to save my life. Well, you weren't the only one, <laughs> that's for sure. You guys remember when the cousins came to live with us? We had these two cousins, two girls. Yeah. And we were yes. all really little. We were all yeah. sharing the same bedroom. Oh, the yeah. second cousins. The yes. second cousins. Um, when they came, it was it was like that was such a big change in our family dynamic. I mean, we were all <laughs> we were all whoa, girls in the house, you know. Yeah. And uh, it was it was pretty um, pretty exciting for a while, and I, I really don't know how things really played out, but uh, it was it was fun for a while. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. That was that was a very that was a very different dynamic in the household when they were there. Yeah. yeah, and the, and they, these, these, were, these were little kids, um, but I do remember play was different. The, you know, the the, <clears throat> the things they wanted to play, the things they wanted to do that were fun were very different from what we considered to be fun, um, which was a very interesting thing. And I, I'm sure mom got a thrill out of that, considering that uh, okay, there are people in the house that I can relate to. Yeah, I I learned really quick that it's it's not proper to run down the hallway naked after your bath and <laughs> jump over the couch that they were sitting on. <laughs> I don't, I don't, they must not have been used to that. But was, yeah, I heard about it later. So yeah. Just, yeah, a lot of, a lot of rules went down when they, when they came, but those are very faint memories. I don't, I don't think I ever really adjusted to being around girls until a lot later. I don't remember ever not having a crush on somebody. Ever. I mean, so that was just like part of my life. You were just constantly crushing on someone. Constantly. 
I mean, I would have crushes that would last for years. It's just well, a big waste of my time. <laughs> it never turned out the way I wanted it to. Well, I think that everybody has, everybody can relate to that. I'm, you know, I, I don't think anybody here is an exception to that. I pretty much always had crushes too, and never did anything about it. <laughs> yeah. So it's pretty sad. Yeah, that was uh, par for my course as well. To the point where it's well, actually, I take that back. I did do something about it later on uh, when my when that shell that I talked about had been cracked and started to fall apart. <clears throat> like uh, I would say, it was the maybe the second half of my junior year in high school that the the shell kind of fell away, and then it was you know it was okay, all right. It's not that hard to talk to girls. What the what in the world was I so freaked out about what in the world was holding me back it still a mystery to me why i was so shy when it came to girls but um i do i do <clears throat> clearly remember a very very what <clears throat> i don't know what to call it a turning point in my life with respect to uh girls and that was wow i want to say i was probably 14 or 15 i can't uh, i'd say probably 14 uh, this was a church dance. It was probably one of the first church dances I had been to. Um, and I am sitting there with my friends in the corner of this gymnasium. Um, oh, this was this was like the culmination dance after a day of um, uh, rodeo activities. We did this rodeo, this mock rodeo up in, oh shoot, what was the name of that city? Jordan Valley? Yes, Jordan Valley. Thank you. And so there was this rodeo. There were these rodeo uh, rodeo grounds across the street from a high school up there, and, and it was a very small high school, and we, the dance was in the gym of this high school. And so me and my friends were all sitting there, all together, not doing a thing at this dance. We'd probably been sitting there for about an hour with absolutely no intention of getting up to ask anyone to dance because – the people I'm hanging out with at this point are very similar to me with respect to the, the their inabilities to, to, to interact with, with girls. So we're kind of sitting there. We're the wallflowers, basically. Flowers? <laughs> yeah. What did you say? Flowers? Yeah, wallflowers, wallweeds. <laughs> and uh, and I, I had no intention of asking anyone to dance. I couldn't have. There's no way that I could have mustered the courage to walk up to a girl and say, would you like to dance? That was not in the cards for me. And I remember distinctly watching as if in slow motion, this girl comes walking across the gymnasium. She was about a year, maybe two, a year and a half, maybe older than I was. And she came walking over and she's walking toward us. And she's looking at us. And I'm thinking, okay, there's something very, very different and very wrong and very strange about this situation because this, is this really happening? There's a, there's a girl walking towards us and she's, you know, she's not turning and she's looking at us. It's not like she's walking towards one of her friends and she's getting closer and closer. And, and there's just this, 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 holy cow, what the heck? <clears throat> she walks right up in front of me and she says, would you like to dance? And I seriously did that, 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 insane move of looking behind me to make sure 
that she wasn't talking to someone behind me. <laughs> there was no one there. And I turned back and I like, pointed to myself. I'm like, <laughs> who me? <laughs> and she's like, yes. And I'm like, okay. And I had no clue what I was doing. I didn't, you know, I didn't know what dancing was. And, and anyway, so we went out and, and, and we danced. And that was like the first hammer and chisel pounding into this shell that I had created around me. And I will forever be grateful to that girl for asking me to dance. James, you should be grateful to your friend who paid five bucks. Yeah. <laughs> I dare you. Or, or you should be grateful. You should be grateful to her, uh, to the young women's leader. Yeah, right. Said, the youth leader. The youth leader said, you need to go do something about this. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, come here. All right. Um, so you know how we've been talking about service, charity, <laughs> charity, and and the love of Christ. Well, Char- charity I'm, suffereth long. <laughs> I have mine from the Napoleon Dynamite movie where that girl's mom makes her go to the dance with him. <laughs> you know you're going to ask him to dance. Oh. Anyway, I don't care. I don't care if, if it was a friend who dared her. I don't care if it was a youth leader who had pity on our souls and sent girls over to ask us to dance. I don't care. It was it was just um, it was one of those things I can look back on and say that was a definite turning point because I realized right then and there, oh, I'm. I'm not that repellent, <laughs> you know. Oh, I, I'm, you know, I'm worth being asked to dance. It was, it was a pleasant feeling. So, um, yeah. I, I just had the so, opposite experience. Oh no! <laughs> First time, I was like 12 or 13, and there was a tri ward dance thing going on, and none of my friends would ask any girls to dance. And of course, you know. I wasn't asking anybody either at that point. And so I was like, ah, it's easy. All you got to do is walk up and ask someone to dance. It's easy. And they just wouldn't do it and wouldn't do it. So I finally said, okay, watch this. And so I walk up to this girl and I'm like, hey, you want to dance? And she looked up at me. No. <laughs> and I smiled. I was like, are you sure? <laughs> She's like, yeah, I'm sure. Okay, I think I should say thanks, but I don't know why. Okay. I walk out in the hall, and all of my friends are on the ground laughing as hard as they can. And it just destroyed me for like two years. Oh, ah, that pain of rejection. (laughs) I just wasn't expecting it because I'd always been told – you know, growing up, if you ask a girl to dance, they'll say yes, especially at a church dance. Yeah. And I was like, man, what, what is wrong with me at a church dance? She said no. Oh, man. you Oh, that brings a really bad memory up. I, in high school, I went to one of the school dances. Uh, actually, this was junior high. I went to one of the junior high dances. And, I, again, I'm, I was just petrified of going up to ask somebody to dance, but there was this girl who I, I noticed had been pretty much sitting there the whole evening. And I think she had like a cast on her foot or something. And I, I thought, okay, maybe that's a safe bet, you know. <laughs> just I will go and I'll ask her to dance 
and uh, you know it, it it'll be kind of like uh, 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 you know kind of safe I'm, it's it's not really uh, somebody that I have a crush on so it'll be it'll be okay and I and I went up and I said um, so would you like to dance and she looked up at me and she said no <laughs> not not a nice no it was one of those disgusted no and I'm like oh man pain that hurt that really hurt not 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 cool so you know what that's one of the one of my gems of advice that I've given to my daughter is when someone asks you to dance just say yes even if you don't like the guy just say yes because you don't understand how much how much courage it can take for a guy who's who's uh, who's been mustering it up all night just trying to to get enough courage to come and ask you to dance just say yes be nice that reminds me there was it it wasn't a complete rejection that i got but it was enough i mean I, this one sticks in my mind um because i was asking this girl that i'd had a crush on forever uh to prompt uh, and you know, we, we hung out in a circle of, of friends and I had a good buddy. Um, I'll name his name, Justin, of course. And Justin was a ladies man without a doubt. And you know, all the girls like Justin and we were, you know, we were best friends we hung out all the time. And, uh, it took up, it took a lot out of me to ask this girl out to prom and while I was asking her, I don't know why, but my body just kind of, she was in the hallway. It was at high school. Was in the, and, and I did this like out of the movies thing. I, I literally put my hand up against the locker and kind of leaned into it and kind of cocked my head. And I was just so nervous. I asked her and, and she could tell that I was about ready to ask her. And she stopped. I, I didn't even say anything. She stopped me while I was trying to get something out of my mouth. And she said, is Justin asking me? To come <laughs> 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 <Ooh>. <laughs> nice. And I, and I looked at her and <laughs> I said, no, I am. <laughs> And she had this look on her face that was just so deflated and disappointed, you know. And uh, so that one sticks out in my mind. I think that was probably the worst one. But we went to prom, you know. We went to prom together. She said yes, and and uh, it was a double date. So in the end, she went to prom with him anyway. So. <laughs> Um, no hard feelings now, but back then, man, that stung. That stung. Mm -hmm. I learned. I learned in middle school. You don't. You don't let on to who you have a crush on because uh, your stuff ultimately will end up in that person's locker, <laughs> <laughs> and that is not cool. <laughs> yeah. Boy, That's since information you can give away. No, no. There's there's no respect among geeks when it comes to. Uh, crushes they'll do anything and everything they can to shame you even further than you have already been shamed by being the social reject that you are <clears throat> it's not enough not to be able to talk to them you know we must not only are you going to be tongue-tied and unable to speak to them but we're going to shame you for even having the temerity to think about breaking away from geekdom <laughs> 
yeah, there's, uh, you know, there, there was one other, uh, for me anyway, going back to, uh, dad's, uh, counsel about girls. There was one thing that he would always repeat besides stay away from their, you know, their legs and such. And that was about, um, making a choice, choosing. And I didn't find out until much later. It's, it's not exactly the, something that women want to hear. But uh, dad would always repeat this, and he would always say, you know, there are at least a billion women on this planet that I could fall in love with. At least. But in the end, you have to choose one. And he would repeat that. No, mom didn't. Why why would she? Why would any woman want to hear that, right? That you're, you're capable. And he would say that. You are capable of loving at least a billion women on this planet. But in the end, you've got to choose one. And once you make that choice, you better stick with it. And he would repeat that over and over and over again. He, repeat, he would actually repeat that a lot more than he ever would the between the legs thing. Um, now that I look, you know, now that I think back on it. Well, it's not bad advice. Yeah, it's advice best kept between men, not not shared with you know <laughs> girlfriends or wives. You know, you're one of a billion. You know that, right? <laughs> you should feel lucky. I. I chose, chose you. you. <laughs> yeah, that, condescended. That. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you yeah. are who I've chosen. Lucky you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a good deal of truth to that. That's that's you know transcending the uh, the obvious attraction to that point of commitment. Yeah. Which I think is, you know, I think that's uh, I think it's an important thing for any mature man to get to that point where they can. Say okay, I'm I'm moving past that point in my life. I'm to that point where I make a choice and I stick with it. It's not that's not bad advice. That's not a bad, um, that's certainly not a bad thing to say. Though if it's not said in the right way, it can certainly be interpreted uh, in, in a bad way. Yeah, it's just <clears throat> for Valentine's Day. It wouldn't look good on a card. <laughs> You're one of a billion, but this one's for you. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great hallmark sign. <laughs> it would be a funny card. Yeah. I think it might actually sell well to those, you know, to a bunch of clueless people out there. <laughs> wait, wait! This is exactly how I feel. <laughs> oh, speaking of Valentine's Day, it used to be my least favorite holiday of all, and I feel like if you're crushing on somebody, it's the worst holiday in the world because. For some reason, that one day out of the year, you will actually do something to make an idiot out of yourself. <laughs> Just because. You might send them something and, and accidentally step out of that protective layer of, of avoidance you've, you've wrapped around yourself, at least for myself. And, yeah. you know, it doesn't matter if you put from a secret admirer. They know. Everybody <laughs> knows. <laughs> Well, they knew because your handwriting was unmistakable. No, I was too smart for that, but not smart enough, obviously. (laughs) I still sent one, one of those anonymous. (laughs) (laughs) Did you fold it it in the, the, the love letter fold? You guys know what I'm talking about? Wasn't there a specific way... To fold a note. I don't know. Yes. Significant other. Yes, and I always you know wanted what I'm to talking keep one. about here. Yeah, 
That's like the love. Yeah, I mean that was that was a that was a big deal. If you got a note or a letter from a girl, and it was folded where it had a little tassel that you pull to open it, and I mean it was specifically folded as if it were to signify it was it was it was significant. It was important. Mm. Thought went into it, uh, and I. I uh, of course, was never on the receiving end of something like that. But yeah, I was going to say. It was pretty neat. I was going to say, Ben, look at you. But <laughs> yeah. I, was, I never got a, I never got a note folded special for me. Well, it, a crumpled ball maybe, <clears throat> but uh, nothing ever like that. I'm like I was almost, I was almost proud of you there for a second, but uh, you never got one. Okay. Well, the other night, uh, this was a little over a week ago. There was, um, we have this thing in our neighborhood. It's uh, it's called the Mercantile. This is a little place where people hang out, especially on Friday night. All the kids hang out there, and you know, some parents. And Ethan was out there with his buddies, and uh, and it's a, it's a normal activity. And uh, you know, he's got his phone, and we check in on him every once in a while. It's just down the block, a couple blocks away, and. Uh, just like any other Friday night, but this Friday night he came home and he opened up the door and I was sitting on the couch with Raquel and, um, he kind of motions to me to come here to the, toward the front door. And he, I come to the front door and he grabs me, he pulls me into the den, which is just right there adjacent to the front door. And he shuts the French doors behind him and he, he grabs both of my arms and he pulls me in close to his face and his eyes were all wide <laughs> he's like, Dad, this is the best night of my life. <laughs> I'm like, what? Dad, I kissed a girl. <laughs> and I said, really? He said, all those other girls I told you about, they were all lies, Dad. <laughs> I, I I lied about all of them, but Dad, tonight it really happened. I kissed her, and, and she kissed me back. <laughs> and he was so he was so riled up, you know. And then Raquel's in the other room. What's going on? What's going on? You know, she, she the door had been shut on her. And, so did, uh, did she turn the corner? And you're you're banging like a goat. Bah! <laughs> Let me tell you, son, there's a story. <laughs> uh, that, you know, that that was fun. That was fun. I mean, he... Uh, now, you do realize he, that by by including this in the podcast, you're, you're, letting a, you're letting a cat out of the bag. Oh, really? Well, yeah. I mean, are you sure you want his story to be broadcast like this? I mean, he took you aside into a closed-door room to tell you this. You're basically opening the door and shouting it to the world. It's it's a proud moment. Well, it, it's it's a Petzinger yeah. boy <laughs> transcending the mold that <laughs> his parents had that and that his is, uncles all had. He's breaking it. He's got a barrier. That's funny, Joseph, because that's what he reminded me of too the same night. He reminded me of the fact that he had beaten me. <laughs> the fact that <laughs> He, he's like, Dad, I'm 11. You, you were 
You were 15, Dad. <laughs> you loser. He didn't call me a loser, but it was in his tone. <laughs> Watch it, buddy. Really? Okay. But yeah, he uh, he was up late that night. Up late. Um, he couldn't eat. He hadn't eaten since you know school lunch that day. <laughs> By then, it was going on midnight, not when he came home, but towards the end of the evening, we were all hanging out. He was still riled up, you know, talking a mile a minute, breathing hard, just, just, and he couldn't eat. I'm like, do you want to eat? Did you eat? No. Dad, I think I'm going to throw up. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not laughing at him. This is a cute story. This is cute. And, uh. Yeah, and I, and I, I I tucked him into bed that night and, uh, and he says, Dad, I think I'm in love. I'm in love. <laughs> yeah, that was that was pretty cute. That was that was a lot of fun. And um, but you know the reality of it is, uh, the very next week, I guess it was in science class. I don't know what had happened, but there are only eleven. She held up a placard in the middle of science class. It's over. Oh, on oh. Sharpie. <laughs> On Sharpie in this, I don't know, piece of cardboard, she just lifts it up off of her desk and gives him this look. It's over. That's it. Wow. That's Man. Just, that was not a hand-folded note. No. No. That was pretty harsh. Wow, that is harsh. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I have to throw that in there because that's the reality of it, you know? And and But he he had his moment, and he, he had a lot of fun, and, and I did too, but... That was to be expected. You know, they're 11. Um, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> but he got over it. He got over it real quick. You know, it was just a couple of days after that. We went to uh, one of Raquel's friends. We went to their birthday party and their kids were there. And there was another fifth grader girl there. And she was just really cute. And, you know, by the end, they hung out all night long. And by the end of the night, you know, <laughs> it's just like, so you over her? He's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> he had moved on without a problem. Yeah. Well, that's good. He's At least he's not uh, trudging down the trail of, of uh, self-isolation. I didn't find it hard to talk to girls. It was hard to get them to reciprocate. Um, but if I talked to a girl that didn't know me, like didn't go to school with me and I didn't go to church with, I had much better luck. With that person than someone who actually knew me. What does that say? And knew my background. Oh. Because, you know, I, uh, growing up, I, I, and I put myself in full knowledge of what I was doing um, growing up, but I hung out with the uh, more undesirable crowd, I guess you could say, at school. And it didn't bother me. But uh, I had fun with these guys at recess, um, uh, salt of the earth. I mean, just you know, real. I never worried about whether the friendship I had with these guys was was genuine. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and so I, I I really enjoyed my school years with these guys. But unfortunately, it castigated me in that area where you know none of the girls would talk to me unless they were from Valley View. Mm. or Marsing, or Homedale. And so the church dances where all of these girls are coming from different schools and stuff and didn't really know me, hey, that worked out pretty good. So I got to say. 
I got to say, and, and it's, it's, no, um, it's nothing against any of the girlfriends that I ever had. Uh, I feel like I learned something from each relationship. Um, but uh, when, I, when I went away to basic training and uh, later on on my mission, uh, I had a lot of time to think about uh, some girls. I thought a lot about the girl that dumped me while I was at basic training. Um, and I realized that I had wasted a lot of love on these people. And, you know, it's, it's all a part of growing up and, and <clears throat> I'm not, I'm not bringing this up to be a, a cold blanket or anything, but, you know, I, I, I just, I realized that I could have spent so much more time learning from dad, spending more time with mom, spending more time with my brothers and, and getting more out of life than, than chasing around um, these, I don't know, small victories, I guess you could say, in life that, oh, she likes me now and, and all that kind of stuff. Well, I, I, think, I think it's a valid point. At the same time, though, I don't think it's avoidable. I think that uh, that's just the way we are. You know, we, we uh, crave the, the social... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? We we crave the opportunity to interact socially with not only our peers and friends, but uh, you know members of the opposite sex, and we want that to be a a valuable part of our life. And when it isn't, of course, we're going to think about it all the more as to why and what what can I do about it. Yeah, hindsight's twenty twenty. We can look back on it and say, boy, I wasted a lot of time. <laughs> I can say the same thing. Well, I wasted a lot of time thinking about, you know, why, you know, this, that, and the other and crushing on somebody. But uh, the reality is that's just the way we are. I think that if you didn't spend the time or didn't feel that way, you'd be very, um, I don't know, kind of abnormal. Not to get too, you know, psychoanalytical about it, but uh, it's a good point. I don't know that we can help it, though. Joseph, I remember distinctly that that uh, experience that you went through when you were at basic and what had happened, and um, and I was old enough to know what was going on. And I have to tell you, my heart was broken for you. That was a tough deal because you had, uh, I mean, you were across the country. You were you were putting everything you had into the military and to come home to that situation. That was really tough. But um, I hadn't thought about that in the longest time. So you just mentioned it. But what I, what I was going to say is uh, we, we talk about, you know, girls and our experiences. And uh, I, when I did finally get a serious girlfriend and it was college and, it, you know, it's at that point, it's game time. You're thinking about uh, if you're a return missionary and you're a certain age, you know, 24 years of age, in the culture of the, of the church, the Mormon church, there are pressures at play, and uh, I really didn't want to conform to that. It wasn't really what I, I figured when the time was right, it would be right. And one interesting thing about my wife is as we dated long distance, she was across the country and I was back at BYU, and we were trying to figure out what we were going to do. That was the first time I felt comfortable in a relationship because as as we were saying our goodbyes and she was she was at work and again I was at school, I said, Well, you know, how often do you think we should be calling each other on the phone? And she she looked at me and she said, kind of as if it was a dumb question, Well, call me when you have something to say. <laughs> and 
thought, yeah, it is that simple. And uh, I think uh, growing up with four brothers and not ever being around girls, ever, unless it was school or like, you know, on a group date or something, I was never really sure what to do or say that was appropriate until I just realized you got to be somebody's friend first, and then it all makes sense. You know, and um, that it took 24 years, and I guess if you go in dating years, you know, I don't think I ever went on a date until I was 16 or 17 maybe, but it took a long time to figure that out. Yeah, I think those are words well said, Ben. And on that note, gentlemen, we have uh, – actually, this is going to be a fairly long podcast. I um, I was tempted a couple of times to call it an evening, but interesting topics kept coming up. So for now, though, I'm going to say thanks to everybody for, uh, for putting in tonight, and uh, we'll call it. Look forward to speaking with you all again, and we'll get another podcast in the can. Everyone, good night. Good night. Night. Good night. Hey, good night, everybody. Well, that was fun. Ben, there's no joke. James said we have another one in the can. I thought for sure you were going to say something. <laughs> well, I just should, I should probably confess that the reason my mic wasn't working well, I was carrying the laptop with me into the bathroom. So it's definitely in the can. <laughs> oh, well, it, nothing got picked up on the mic. All right. Well, it's because they haven't figured out a way to transmit – 